Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. Today is a very special day. Today uh, begins the ember days for this season, four times a year, right stemming from the Old Testament, four times a year. The church gives us the opportunity to thank God and do a little penance for all that he has given us. We are right in the first class octave of Pentecost And today, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, four times a year, on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday are ember days, and they require of us partial abstinence from meat and fasting. Um, It's a, um, uh, it's just magnificent. We've just been showered with God's Holy Spirit, with the birthday of the church, with the revelation of the third person of the Blessed Trinity with um, so much, so much grace. Um, Everything we need, everything we need, this side of heaven, and we need to give thanks to God. In the Old Testament, Pentecost was Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, the harvest. And as I said the last couple of days, it was on this beautiful Feast of Pentecost when all the Jews from all the nations around gathered in Jerusalem for that harvest and to celebrate the birthday of Judaism that God gave to the Jewish nation, the Hebrews, through Moses on Mount Sinai, which they celebrated every year, Simchas Torah, the rejoicing over the law. We have received everything Everything we need this side of heaven, we are missing nothing, beloved, absolutely nothing. And we need to give thanks to God. And so uh, typically, uh, ember days, four times a year, are um, spent in fasting and abstinence, which is, you know, we. when I grew up, uh, fasting meant we didn't even have anything, not even a glass of water, unless we really needed it for 24 hours. Um, the requirements in the Catholic Church for having a meal and and no more than uh, two other snacks that don't equal a meal or it's changed through the years. One um, entry says that uh, you can have eight ounces of food a day uh, for the ember days. That's enough to keep us going. And we here at the Daughters of Mary have one meal a day on ember days and um, and it's not meat. So it's it's just beautiful to keep that. And then we rejoice the rest of the week and we appreciate how much we have. If we're always uh, feasting and never fasting, we have little gratitude and we don't really walk with God through the year. <clears throat> um, I often, as you know, turn to the liturgical year by Abbot Dom Garanger, um, who uh, lived a couple of hundred years ago and restored the Benedictine order and chant to France and then to Europe. And he's written an article, um, and it, it's titled The Ember Days of September, but it describes the Ember Days. And 
the four times a year. So I'll read it to you. Let me just make a wonderful announcement before um, before we do this. Uh, the most excellent Bishop Snyder, Athanasius Snyder, is going to be on uh, the Station of the Cross on The Simple Truth with Jim Havens tomorrow, um, June 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So um, Jim Havens of The Simple Truth will host Bishop Athanasius Snyder all the way from Kakistan um, uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So um, I I would urge everybody to join Jim Havens at the 4 p.m. hour Eastern Time if you can. Um, Bishop Snyder is... um, one of the most holy, wonderful, orthodox, uncompromising bishops we have today. He's on our board. We are so uh, pleased with that. We're so happy about it. Um, We're proud of it because he's so excellent and we have him to turn to. Um, I would not miss, if I could, that program tomorrow at 4 p.m. with Jim Havens on The Simple Truth at the Station of the Cross. Um, we'll begin now. Um, the article written by Abaddon Prosper Garanger um, on the Ember Days. We, I'm sure we won't get through it all today, but we'll give it a start. And I'll remind you that you are welcome to call in during our entire hour with anything on your heart. And it does not have to be our subject, but the matter of your heart. The toll-free number, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. <clears throat> Dom Garanger begins for the fourth time in her year. Holy Church comes claiming from her children the tribute of penance, which from the earliest ages of Christianity was looked upon as a solemn consecration of the seasons. And I'm I'm just so sorry the church has done away with that. Following Vatican II, the church has just jettisoned so many important things, and people don't know. We've kept Pentecost, but it's it's not preached. That people don't know what it is. Um, there's so many things that um, the Pentecost is mentioned, but it's not taught. Uh, the faith is mentioned, but it's not taught. Three generations yet lost to the faith, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse as one bishop after another defects from the church. So we need to cling to these treasures, beloved, and not let our faith depend on our shepherds at all. If we have a good shepherd, we need to pray for him nonstop and thank God for him. But we yet need to learn our own faith because times are coming where we may not have a church anymore. We may not have priests anymore. We need to be able to get our children to heaven and ourselves to heaven. Away, but through one holy Catholic and apostolic church and to know our faith and to live it. Um, the catechism says, of course, that those who do not know, who do not believe and do not understand uh, that the Catholic Church is the one our Lord founded, um, if they live up to the grace of God they've been given, they can be saved. Not that they will be saved. They can be saved. And that is true uh, above all for Catholics. We've been given more than anyone on the face of the earth. 
And if we live up to the grace we've been given, we can be saved. Doesn't mean we will be. There's no guarantee of salvation. Um, Once saved, always saved is true. Once we are saved. And we are not fully saved until we are in heaven. And once in heaven, we'll always be saved. We're not going to fall away in heaven. Um, Peter says, now is our salvation nearer to when we began. Um, uh, So we can make acts of faith, but if we don't live a life of faith and we live in sin or we live in apathy, we have no assurance, even if you're Protestant, you have no assurance, regardless of what your pastor and church teaches, you have no assurance of salvation if you are not in, um, in a state of grace, if you're not repenting for your sins, um, and if you're not living up to the grace God has given you. And even then, outside of the Catholic Church, you have no assurance. And inside the Catholic Church, beloved, Um, you have a moral assurance only that you will be saved if you don't turn from God. So these, this liturgical year and these seasons um, are claimed by the church, by the Holy Catholic Church. The faith wants to live it to the saints. And they're not, if the church tosses them out, they're not tossed out. If you don't know about them, you've never heard about them, are you accountable? Um, somewhat yes, somewhat. That's up to God. He knows the accountability of every heart. Um, He knows that the faith, for the most part, is not being taught. He understands that. But we are soldiers of Christ. We are the ones that have to look at the, um, the battle plan. We are the ones that have to know our faith and live it and pass it on to our children. We are accountable regardless of the lack of shepherds or errant shepherds or fallen shepherds. We are responsible to know our faith. And we have the catechism um, better than the current catechism. The current catechism is fine, but better than that, as the Council of Trent explained, the Baltimore Catechism, there's no reason for you not knowing the faith and passing it on to your children. If you can read, you don't have to be taught by anyone. Um, So let me begin this article again. For the fourth time in her year, the Holy Church comes claiming from her children the tribute of penance, which from the earliest ages of Christianity was looked upon as a solemn consecration of the seasons. The historical details relative to the institution of the Ember Days will be found on the Wednesdays of the third week of Advent and of the first week of Lent, and on those same two days, we have spoken of the intentions which Christians should have in the fulfillment of this demand made upon their yearly service. There's the music for our first break, beloved. Again, you're welcome to call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
this is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a patron saint? The classic professions such as soldiers or doctors have patron saints who represent the ideal of soldiering or doctoring. And yet, so many of the trades and crafts on which the modern world depends do not have an ideal figure. There is no patron saint of plumbers, for instance, and G.K. Chesterton says there should be. It would be a revolution, for it would inspire each individual plumber to consider that there was once a perfect being who actually did plumb. In the meantime, what do plumbers and the rest of us do? Chesterton says, keep before your eyes the supreme adventure of virtue. If you're kind, think of the man who was kinder than you. That's what is meant by having a patron saint. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app, Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live and we are... um, uh, open lines are open to take your calls, your emails, your text. The number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We have a call from Anne in Canada. Hello, Anne. Hello, Mother. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, I'm happy for your call, Anne. So I have a question that was brought up by your reading yesterday. Um. You know, the apostles, I don't recall in the Gospels that it was ever said that they were baptized. And, of course, all bapt- the, the baptized today baptize, especially the priests mostly baptize the children or whoever has been going to be baptized. So, um, I mean, I'm sure they must have been baptized, but is there a place in the scriptures where it talks about them being baptized? Like, I mean, the whole world can't be invalidly baptized if they were never baptized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Let me, I don't, I can't recall in the scriptures, but if you remember, the scriptures do say that um, um, other people were baptizing in addition to Jesus, but they would have absolutely been baptized. In fact, um, I'm thinking of John 15, which is the Last Supper, 
um, where Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And Ah, um, remember, Peter said, not me, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Um, And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. And he said, you don't need a bath right now because you've you've been cleansed. You've been baptized. You only need your feet cleansed. So um, I'm thinking of that. Yes. Mother, you are amazing. Well, I, I, I thank the Holy Spirit for bringing that to my mind. Um, yes, I never thought of that. I think you're right on. Well, I, I, I think our Lord is right on. He gave that message to Peter. He must have known about it. Absolutely. God bless you, okay. Anne. And you had the right thought. It was a great question. Thank you. Have a great day, Mother. Y- you I pray too, for sweetheart. you all the time. Oh, I'm bye. so grateful, Anne. We need oh. to thank you. All right. Bye-bye, thank you. Sweetheart. Bye. Okay, bye. Um, let me see now. Um, the Ember Days. Wednesdays of Ember Days. Hold on now. When I just read that um, the initial explanation of Ember Days was given in Advent. Uh, I just looked up um, Dom Geringer's um, liturgical year on on Advent, and I'm going to read that because that'll be a fuller explanation to us. He says today, which is um, Ember Days in Advent, again, they're the four seasons. Um, Today, the church begins the fast of Quator Tempora, Ember Days, um, quator uh, having to do with four tempora, four times, four seasons, and we call it Ember Days. It includes also the Friday and Saturday of the same week. So Ember Wednesday, Ember Friday, and Ember Saturday, and today we have Ember Wednesday. This observance is not peculiar to the Advent liturgy, and we know now it's four times a year, and we are in the time of Pentecost. It is one which has been fixed for each of the four seasons of the ecclesiastical year, we may consider it as one of those practices which the church church took from the synagogue. I've said often, there is nothing that is truly Catholic that does not have its roots in Judaism. Not the Judaism of today, the Judaism that God gave in the Old Covenant. The Judaism of today is the, was developed um, after our Lord Um, uh, after his death and resurrection and it is um, primarily by those Jews who did not um, uh, understand or believe that he was the Messiah and God come to earth. Those Jews who did believe that Jesus was the Messiah and God come to earth, died for our sins and rose from the dead, are Catholic. It's the greatest form of Judaism a Jew could be, to be Catholic. Judaism spread throughout the whole world universal um, through the church God founded on earth. The prophet Isaiah speaks of the fast of the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth month. The fourth, the fifth, the seventh, and tenth months. Its introduction into the Christian church would seem to have been made in the apostolic times. Such, at least, is the opinion of St. Leo, of St. Isidore of Seville, of Rabanus Morus, and of several other ancient Christian writers. It is remarkable, on the other hand, that the Orientals do not observe this fast. The Jewish people 
the Israelites, um, again, even if they do not believe, if they, they were ordered to have these four times of penance and abstinence. And the article goes on to say, from the first ages of Quator Tempora were kept uh, in the Roman Church at the same time of the year as at present. As to the expression, which is not infrequently used in the early writers, of the three times and not the four, we must remember that in the spring, these days always come in the first week of Lent, a period already consecrated to the most rigorous fasting and abstinence, and that consequently they could add nothing to the penitential exercise of that portion of the year. The intentions which the church has in the fast of the ember days are the same as those of the synagogue, namely to consecrate to God by penance the four seasons of the year. The ember days of Advent are known in ecclesiastical antiquity as the fast of the tenth month. And St. Leo, in one of his sermons on this fast, of which the church has inserted a passage in the second nocturne of the third Sunday of Advent, tells us that a special fast was fixed for this time of year because the fruits of the earth had then all been gathered in and that it behooved Christians to testify their gratitude to God by a sacrifice of abstinence, thus rendering themselves more worthy to approach God the more they were detached from the love of created things. For fasting, adds the holy doctor, has ever been the nourishment of virtue. Abstinence is the source of chaste thoughts, of wise resolutions, and of salutary counsel. By voluntary mortification, the flesh dies to its concupiscence, and the spirit is renewed in virtue. But since fasting alone is not sufficient, whereby to secure the soul's salvation, let us add to it works of mercy toward the poor. Let us make that which we retrench from indulgence serve unto the exercise of virtue. Let the abstinence of him that fasts become the meal of the poor man. Now, if Protestants are listening, you might be thinking, as I would have during my 18 years of evangelical Protestants, during which time I was trying to save Catholics, you might be thinking... Um, in this sentence, but since fasting alone is not sufficient, whereby to secure the soul's salvation, let us add to it works of mercy toward the poor. And you, and I would have said, you Catholics, don't you understand that you can't do anything to earn your salvation? Christ alone did it. Can you do? What's your problem? You think you're going to get it by good works? You cannot. Well, the Catholic Church teaches that good works do not. Um, earn our salvation. Salvation is a gift. It's the free gift of God. However, as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians, he attains to the resurrection. We cannot earn our salvation. It's a gift, but we need to attain to the gift. And I've given this illustration before. You have a son who's in high school And he's really a B-plus student, but he sloughs off and sometimes gets a B or even a C-plus. And he wants to go to a special college. 
and it's going to cost you 100000 a year. You don't have that money. But you take on jobs at home, Mom, and Papa takes on a double shift or a second job. And you call your son and you say, John, um, your mom and I want to give you the gift of going to being able to go to this college. He still needs to work to buy his books and spending money and all that, but $100,000 the family doesn't have. We are going to work this entire year to put that money away for you. Here's what we require of you. We require that you maintain nothing less than a B-plus average. If they call him to an A average, they might be calling him to failure. They know their son. They know he can get a B-plus average if he's just responsible. Um, If he falls back to a B, no good. He's sloughing off. So they say you must maintain a B-plus average. You must clean up your room every Saturday. You must obey your mother and father and honor them. Don't beat up your baby sister. Um, Take out the garbage once a week. Whatever it is, they give him a list of what to do. Here's the $64,000 question. If John does all the parents have asked him to do at the end of that year, has he earned $100,000? If any of you said yes, you're living in a fairyland. Who can earn $100,000 by simply doing what they're supposed to do? Cleaning their room, being in by midnight, not beating up their sister. You don't earn $100,000. You don't earn a penny by doing that. All John's parents have given him to do is what any parent should give their child to do to raise them in the nurture of the Lord um, without a penny, without any reward. That's just normal. If you don't give your children those things, you are ruining them if you don't teach them responsibility and ownership. If John does all that, will he have earned $100,000? No. But he will have attained to the gift and met the requirements for the free gift. It is yet a free gift from his parents. He hasn't earned a penny of it. If he does not do that, those things, he has forfeited the gift. That's heaven for us. It's a free gift. We can do nothing to do what Jesus did for us to earn our um, um, uh, reconciliation with God through the blood of the only perfect lamb. We can do nothing of that. Jesus alone did that. He alone died for our sins. We could have a million of us die for our sins. It would mean nothing to God because our sin is, our blood is not pure. Every one of us are sinners. But Jesus, the sinless one, died for us. He's the only lamb that could suffice for our sins. So that is heaven. But God says to us, it's a gift. It'll always be a gift. You can't earn it. But I want you to do these things in the meantime. I want you to keep the Ten Commandments. Honor your mother and father. Don't kill. Don't steal. All of that. Don't take God's name in vain. If you do all those things, you will not have earned heaven, but you will have attained to it. If you do not do those things, you have forfeited the gift. That's not just the Catholic message of salvation. That is God's message of salvation in the faith once delivered to the saints. There's the music for our second break, dear ones. We'll be right 
back right after the break. Call in or text with anything on your heart. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Relationships between men and women are so fundamentally important for the church and for the world that when there is a dysfunction in relationships between men and women, there are particularly fundamental, crucial problems for the church and for the world. Well, for example, when relationships between men and women aren't stable, they're no longer indissoluble, lifelong, then our society, our church, won't be stable either. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be together with you, and we have a full half hour ahead of us. Um, again, feel free to call in with anything at all on your heart. Uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. I'm going to give a reminder of the men's march that's coming up. Um, in three days, June 11th in Tallahassee, Florida. And for updates, you can text MEN'S MARCH, all caps, one word, in quotes, MEN'S MARCH, to, T-O, the numbers 22828. <clears throat> and get updates on that. And men, if you can come, wear suits and ties and bring your little sons in suits and ties and um, it's uh, if you don't wear a suit and tie, you can still come, but it's just such a beautiful, beautiful sight. Um, and one more um, reminder, maybe I'll give another one before the program ends, that Bishop Athanasius Snyder, that holy, orthodox, brave, um, non-compromising bishop, I don't know if he's brave, he's just being Catholic. In my mind, he's just simply Catholic and a bishop, a true successor of the Apostles who gave their lives for the faith. 
And Bishop Snyder will be on The Simple Truth with Jim Havens tomorrow, June 9th, at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, now, I'm going to go back um, to the article uh, that we have been reading on um, on the Ember Days. And um, when we're talking about uh, abstinence, Dom Geringer says, let the abstinence of the him that fasts become the meal of the poor man. Don't just fast, beloved. Give what you might have eaten in, in money or in food to those who are poor. <clears throat> Let us, he says, the children of the church, practice what is in our power of these admonitions. And since the actual discipline of Advent is so very mild, Advent or Pentecost or any of the four ember uh, de- any of the four seasons that have the three ember days, let us be so much the more fervent in fulfilling the precept of the fast of the ember days. I'm reading the Advent one because it introduces the whole um, matter of the ember days, but we are in the ember days of Pentecost. By these few exercises which are now required of us, let us keep up with ourselves the zeal of our forefathers for this holy season of Advent. You say, how are they required of us, Mother? I've never heard of them before. I know, I know, I know. It's the way the church has gone. But get the catechism explained, and there's an index in the back. You can look up anything and read it through with your family and get to know your faith. You cannot live a faith you do not know. You cannot die for a faith that you don't live for. The fast of the ember days has another object besides that of consecrating the four seasons of the year to God by an act of penance. It has also in view the ordination of the ministers of the church, which takes place on the Saturday and of which notice was formally given to the people during the Mass of the Wednesday. So Masses today... Um, should speak of any ordinations happening this coming Saturday. In the Roman Church, the ordination held in the month of December was, for a long time, the most solemn of all. And it would appear from the ancient chronicles of the popes that accepting accepting apart from very extraordinary cases, the tenth month was, for several ages, that's Advent, for several ages, the only time conferring holy orders in Rome. The faithful should unite with the church in this her intention and offer to God their fasting and abstinence for the purpose of obtaining worthy ministers of the word and of the sacraments and true pastors of the people. Uh, We can go on, beloved. If you wish, you can you can do a, in a search engine, uh, Ember Days, and then put in Dom Prosperanger, G-U-E-R-A-N-G-E-R. Um, it's just tremendous. And if you are um, following the old calendar, or even if not, and you can afford to get his liturgical year, 15 volumes, volumes you don't have to do a tremendous amount of study or research. Just gather your family tonight and read through those books according to the day of the year or the season. Um, Let me just see. Um, uh, 
Anonymous writes in, Good morning, Mother Miriam in Beloit. What church is your parish? Um, It is St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. That's our church in Beloit. It's almost walking distance from us. And um, this anonymous one writes, Is there a parish in your area that has the extraordinary form of the Latin rite? No. Um, That's a, a bit of a grief for us. But the closest one is in Maple Hill, Kansas, which is two and a half hours away. Another question, how is the standing of the independent um, traditional Latin Mass under operation by the um, CMRI? Um, uh, Are they outside the Catholic Church, um, just like Protestants? I believe they are. They are a set of a Cantist group. Um, set of a cantist is uh, Latin, seta, meaning the seat. Uh, the cantist is vacant, meaning that there's no pope on the throne and so on the Sea of Peter. So they believe that there is no current pope. And the last pope since, I don't know, either Pius V or Pius X, I'm not sure of their belief, they believe have been anti-popes or not true popes. So yes, they are apart from the church, Uh, just like the Protestants. But again, as we say, uh, as the Catholic Church says, those who, through no fault of their own, are outside the Catholic Church, don't know it, but live up to the grace of God they've been given, not will be saved, but can be saved. And again, I I always repeat, that's true of Catholics. We have more than anyone on the face of the earth. Our Lord said, to whom much is given, much is expected, much is required. If we are Catholic... We have, like the Jewish nation prior to Christ, we have the law. We have more and grace, more than anyone on the face of the earth. If we don't live up to the grace we've been given, there is no heaven for us. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized a hundred times. There's no heaven for you if you don't live up to the Catholic faith. Um, And um, if you say, well, I didn't know this, I didn't know that, Um, it's up to God the degree to which he will excuse you for that. Because if you can read, there's a catechism for you to read. There are podcasts, there's radio, there's internet, all kinds of things for you to be able to know and live up to the Catholic Church. So we're really without excuse. Um, Protestants, it's another matter because they're not the Protestants of of the 16th century with Martin Luther. Now, um, people come to believe through um, 4,000, um, 40,000 denominations of what is Protestantism, um, and it's the, their first encounter with Christ, just as it was mine many years ago uh, through a fervent evangelical uh, church. Um, and it's all I knew. But um, God, in His grace, took me further to the full measure of Judaism and the full measure of Christianity. Um, And so, um, yes, any Protestant who says, uh, who asks God in all sincerity, if the Catholic Church is true, if it's such a thing that God has truly left us, not a symbol of his body and blood, but truly his body, blood, soul, and divinity on earth, if that little host of wheat and water truly becomes God, at the words of the consecration, which is the words of Christ through the priest, um, if that bread becomes God and Catholics go on their knees for a reason, 
just ask to be shown that. God will never, ever refuse such a prayer. If you mock him, yeah, let's let, show me it's God. Show me it's you, Lord. If you mock him, I can't tell you what he'll do. But if you have a sincere prayer and want to know if the full measure of truth is more than you have known, either since childhood or since you've given your life to Christ as an adult, whatever it is, if you want to know, our Lord will not fail. He will not fail to answer you. How could there be 40,000 denominations plus, according to the IRA, 40,000 denominations of Protestantism, um, so-called Christianity, um, with each one saying this way to God, the scriptures mean this, no, they mean this, no, they mean this. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of scripture. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is authoritative. But Martin Luther himself said, if it weren't for the Catholic Church, we wouldn't have the scriptures. We wouldn't have the Bible. And yet it was Martin Luther who single-handedly took out um, seven books of the Old Testament, part, two parts parts of others, at, uh, Esther and Daniel, and um, also would have thrown out James, uh, which he called an epistle of straw because James said, faith without works is dead. Um, and he would have taken out a few other books, but the people who came with him um, uh, fought him to put them back in. So the New Testament of the Protestant um, many many faiths and the Catholic Church is the same, but the Old Testament, um, if you're Protestant, you're missing utter utter glorious books that are in, in just as inerrant and infallible seven beautiful books and parts of others so i would get yourself a catholic bible and get the revised standard not the new revised standard but the revised standard bible it's beautiful there's no inclusive language it is literal um, and it's very beautiful. You can go from the New American Bible, which I used to have as a Protestant, because it was more literal, to the New Revised, not the New, not the New, throw out the word New, the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, sold by, published by Ignatius Press. Um, just read it. Just read it. The, the very least, Protestant scholars have uh, said that they're extra bi- biblical books. They're not... Um, nothing is going to um, destroy your faith. They're beautiful. And you'll see what you've been missing. Um, so yes, we have, I think, whatever portion we are in of the last times, which I say, um, I don't determine this, the church does, the last times began with our Lord on the cross. And um, where we are in the last times, I don't know. It certainly, it certainly looks like we're at the end of the end times. We're at the beginning of the end, if not the middle of the end, toward the end of the end. I, I, don't, I can't determine that. Our Lady has made many prophecies, and it seems that we don't have very much time left. Our eternity is at stake. And I would urge anybody that's Catholic, if you have not been living the faith, if you've been living in sin or in apathy, or if you're in an invalid marriage, um, I would get that straightened out no matter what it takes. Live as brother and sister. Go to a holy priest and um, be brought 
and into the Catholic Church and let your sins be forgiven, and then your marriage can be raised to a sacrament, um, and you can be together again. If you're not willing to make that sacrifice, you are simply on your way to hell, and uh, it will be your own doing to not be able to stay away from our, the fleshly pleasures for um, um, a few days, a few weeks, even a few years if need be, um, and spend eternity in hell as the result is not logical to me. Um, don't let your emotions and your passions uh, lead you into an eternity without God. Come home to the Catholic Church. If you're Protestant, there are many books. Go to... Um, Catholics Come Home, go to um, Marcus Grodi, um, the Coming Home Network International. There are fantastic books and sources for you. Take a look at them in case they're right. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Don't go away. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts, from planned gifts to employer matches. We even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Help bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and we are live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And we have about 10 minutes left. This is our final segment. Our lines are open. You are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com and you can text at that toll-free number as well. We have an email from Teresa <clears throat> who writes, Good morning, Mother. During Eastertide, is it appropriate to do the regular fasting? Now, I think these emails are a bit older and I apologize because we have needed to run some encore so I'm trying to catch up here Uh, during Eastertide is it appropriate to do the regular fasting that one might do throughout the rest of the year for instance if one were to fast regularly on Wednesdays and Fridays throughout the year as an act of penance should that be discontinued from Easter Sunday until Pentecost in honor of these days of celebrating the resurrection Teresa, I don't know of any should about that. Um, I think that's your option. Uh, It's our option. Here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, we um, fast and abstain uh, from meat um, every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. No, no. We abstain from meat Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, and we fast every, let's see. No, we fast those three days. Let me think for a minute. Yes, we do. Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday we fast, and we abstain from meat those three days. So during Easter, uh, from Eastertide, through Eastertide and Ascension Tide and to Pentecost, um, we have not fasted uh, during those days, um, but we still abstain from meat on the, on the days, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. We always abstain from meat. Um, but um, during Eastertide, we did not fast on those days. Um, we will this week for Embertide um, because it is a time of penance four times a year. So today is Ember Wednesday. We will fast. When we fast, we have one meal a day. We might have coffee or something for breakfast, small, individually, but we have one meal a day as a community, about 2.33, and that, that's it for the day. We don't snack or do anything else outside of that. Um, and it's very beautiful because then on Thursday we can celebrate because it's still first class of Pentecost. So it, it's so beautiful to keep the fast that God has given. We, we thank him, we appreciate uh, him for all that we have, and we, we can we, we fast and feast. And if you don't fast, then the feast means nothing. And you just eat what you want, as you want, when you want, the entire year and leave God out of it. Um, <clears throat> so again, um, if you were to fast regularly on Wednesdays and Fridays throughout the year as an act of penance, um, it's not that it should be discontinued from Easter Sunday until Pentecost in honor of those days, but it can be continued if you wish. It, it's totally up to you. Totally up to you. Um, we continue to keep the abstinence, but on such first-class feasts, we do not fast throughout the year. Um, Scott writes in, Mother Miriam, I was wondering if you remember the name of the priest who administered to people during the Black Plague and openly admonished the other priests who fled from fear I would like to read more about his life. You talked about him in a past broadcast. 
where I think you also talked about Father Altman. Yes, I remember this. But I don't remember which one and have been unable to locate it in the archives. Is it all right if... it's all right if you don't remember. Thanks. God bless God. Thanks, God. I do. It's it's St. Charles Borromeo. And I've just typed his name in. And on the website, americaneedsfatima.org, um, one word, americaneedsfatima.org, um, um, the... Um, uh, the, the whole article on the life of Charles Borromeo, he is most associated with the plague. And uh, there's a little introduction, which I'll just, just um, three sentences, I'll read that only right now. Um, and it says, um, with the world at large still reeling from COVID-19 and over 170,000 dead. Now, this was written in April of last year, so uh, that number's increased now. Um, not just from COVID, but much more from COVID, from the, from the vaccine. More have died from the vaccine than have died from COVID. Um, he writes, one wonders what is the most Catholic response to hide or to seek. Most of us must render unto Caesar and observe government mandates to shelter in place. But are others called to a higher mandate? Yes, we're all called to a higher mandate. We will obey God rather than men. Truly, he goes on to say, truly courageous examples are replete throughout history as plagues have well plagued humanity since the fall of Adam. In the golden pages of history, we find a holy bishop who faced a virus more deadly than the coronavirus. From 1576 to 1578, those two full years, a plague ravaged through northern Italy, killing tens of thousands. The epidemic was known as St. Charles Plague because of the heroic response of the Cardinal Archbishop of Milan, St. Charles Borromeo. And the title in, in, of the article that follows, it says, Stay in Place or the Salvation of Souls. And there's an F missing on four, on or, Stay in Place for the Salvation of Souls. And I will say that churches that have been locked down, um, uh, Cardinal uh, Raymond Leo Burke has said that uh, to attend Mass on Sunday is not a man-made law, it's a divine law. And no priest, no bishop, no pope has any right to give a law higher than the divine law. Absolutely nothing should have been locked down. The sacraments should not have been taken from the faithful. This was all demonic. Um, Priests and bishops and popes are ordained to save souls, not physical bodies. And to put our health before our eternal soul is 100% demonic. Uh, There's nothing else to say about it. Um, It's not a misjudgment. It's demonic. There's no priest who does not know he is not ordained for the salvation of souls. And um, there's one little statement here of St. Charles Borromeo, who accepted the burden of feeding the Holy Eucharist to everyone with the plague, saying, quote, A long time ago, I resolved never to leave undone anything which might be for my people's good. I beg you above all, not to lose heart, to not be affected by the example 
of those born and bred in the city who hurriedly abandoned it by flight at the very moment when it needed help. So I would say shame on every priest, on every bishop, on every single soul, in, in every shepherd, everyone who abandoned the faithful. Um, and I would say if you did that, if you shut down churches, if you abandon the faithful, um, I think if you're a priest, if you're a bishop, you need to go to confession and do penance for that. St. Charles Borromeo said the dreadful state of these wretched creatures, everything lacking both for soul and body, these unhappy children seem to look on me as the cause of all their ills. Their silence reproaches me for my idleness. I put off holding out a helping hand when by my example I should have moved others to pity. I will delay no longer. By the grace of God, I will do my duty to the utmost. I would pray that that would be the statement of every single priest who has not only abandoned the faithful during the COVID-19 situation, but has abandoned the faithful during these last years by not teaching the faith, by teaching error, and by giving in to the power of the devil. Beloved, God willing, we will speak with you tomorrow. God bless you.